This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The AFC North is always one of the tougher divisions in the NFL. Even if it's just Steelers and Ravens, those two are heavyweight fighters that always take it to the last uh, week of the season, usually to decide that division. But the teams from Ohio are starting to get a little better. We saw that last year firsthand with the Cleveland Browns coming into Pittsburgh, kicking the Steelers' ass and winning the wild card round. Um, The Bengals, after years under Marvin Lewis of being a really good regular season team and failing in the playoffs, they fell off, but they're starting to climb Mm -hmm. back up as far as their rebuild's concerned. There are teams in this AFC North, all three of them, instead of the Steelers, that are improving in this free agency period. And let's get into the AFC North and the free agencies that the other three teams are having. And let's just go down the list in alphabetical order with City. So we'll start with Baltimore. And big signing for them was Kevin Zeitler, the guard signing to a three-year, $22.5 million deal. Uh, they also bring back Derek Wolf on a three-year, $12 million deal, so he helps the defense. Uh, Tyus Bowser signed a four-year deal with them. Pernell McPhee is returning as well. They signed some D-tackles and linebackers to help fill out the roster uh, as well. Uh, Pernell McPhee, Derek Wolf, Kevin Zeitler, and Tyus Bowser. Those are the four big ones. The Bowser, McPhee, and Wolf being re-signed, Zeitler being signed from free agency. Uh, clearly the Ravens think losing Matt Judon is a big deal. They Mm -hmm. don't want to lose McPhee and Bowser on top of that. Uh, Derek Wolf also pretty decent in the pass rush himself, but they're going to have a lot of stuff to replace pass rush wise with Judon being out. I think they can do it. And Zeitler coming in, like I said, uh, that could be a total steal for an interior protector uh, for Lamar Jackson, who needs help on that offensive line, that's for sure. And let's be honest here, what is the Ravens' bread and butter? It's it's running the football. Yep. Um, and they got a you know, they got a really good helper in that in Zeitler. Um, and you know, you, you think about uh, how good their running game was last year, and now I think it might get a little bit better by bringing Zeitler in. Um, you know, and on top of that, you're going to have J.K. Dobbins, who's got a, a full year of football under his belt, um, and he's going to be the workhorse. Um, you know, it doesn't look like well Ingram has signed elsewhere, um, so he's not going to be there and take carries away from Dobbins. So um, that tells me that it's going to be Dobbins and Lamar Jackson and some Gus Edwards thrown in there too. But I think Zeitler's the biggest free agent acquisition that they've made because it fits their bill. It fits what they do the very best, and that's running the football. Yeah, no question about that. Um, Ravens don't really need to do much in free agency either. Uh, I understand that you lose Judon, so that's a big blow. Yeah. But again, you get the Bowser, McPhee. uh, Hopefully those guys uh, come in. They're familiar with the linebacker position, so it won't be too much of a drop-off when Judon goes in. Don't be surprised to see the Ravens take a linebacker again in the first or second round. Wide receiver, Uh, too. Wide receiver as well. They also have Patrick Queen, who played really well as a rookie last Mm -hmm. year. So. They're pretty solid in the linebacker position. Yeah, I are. think the writing was on the wall that Matt Judon was going to be too expensive, and they have enough when they re-sign Bowser and McPhee and Patrick Queen and going for a rookie in this year's draft. They feel comfortable at that linebacker position in Baltimore, and I think that's a defense that kind of became a little underrated last year. Mm-hmm. Um, got a little hot toward the got end. Got a little too. hot down the stretch, but played outstanding in that, ser- in that playoff game against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they Buffalo. did. Did everything they could. Um, 
I can't believe we didn't mention this, but another loss that they're facing, and I think we kind of forgot about it because he came in the middle of the season for them, but Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe, Ngakwe is not going to be a Baltimore Raven. He is, I believe, a Raider now. Does that sound right? He signed with the Raiders? I think he did, but that's not going to be something that's terribly, terribly missed because I think the Ravens' defense was pretty solid uh, before he even got there. Yeah, he did sign with the Raiders, and Ngakwe did. But yep. What was uh, the terms, does it say? Yeah, two years, $26 million. Okay. But uh, I think that, you know, they let him walk. They still have about $13 million in, in cap space, so they're obviously going to make a couple more moves here. But clearly the Ravens think that they just needed to get a nice addition to that offensive line, re-sign some pieces on the defense, and, and then go after this thing in the draft. And like you said, Kellen, they'll be in the market for a wide receiver. 100%. Juju might be. It could be. A a, yeah. uh, he might just fall right into their lap, and mm -hmm. they might want to pair him with uh, – Hollywood Brown, have Hollywood Brown be the over-the-top deep threat and have Juju be the slot guy who's going to get the 5 to 10 tough yardage to pick up first downs and keep chains moving. Yeah, I mean, that, that realistically could happen. Um, you know, you, you did say that, um, you know, it's not much that the Ravens have to do, and really there's not. But the first thing that did pop into my mind what was that wide receiver, and that's solely because they haven't been very good at bringing wide receivers in as of late. Um, and on top of that, they need to start making – it easier for Lamar Jackson. I mean, I know that he's not the best at throwing the football accurately. He's not the best deep passer either. But when you have, you know, a group of, you know, good wide receivers, which let's be honest, they're they're not bad. I mean, Hollywood Brown is explosive and he can do a lot with the ball in his hands. But when you're number two or number even number three is Willie Sneed, <laughs> you know, you're not gonna be able to throw the you're ball. You're gonna get super the ball well. punched out by Minka Fitzpatrick if, yeah, you know, so. if you're Willie Sneed. Right. Also That's Willie Sneed's happen. a free agent, so Willie Sneed may right. not so even So he might not even be back. They don't even want him. No. And, no, I mean and, and, and Des Bryant's options. not gonna return either, but like they're they're really, really stretched thin at that wide receiver position. And I think that's really a position. Not that I'm surprised they if haven't. If Juju wasn't as expensive, he probably is there by now, right? Yeah, or at probably. least they're definitely more in on the conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what how many how much uh, room and cap they have right now. About Thirteen million. Yeah, it's they won't. Yeah, I guess you they could, could have the conversation, you but could. they have to work real hard to make it yeah. happen. And yeah, I just don't think they want to do that. The and Ravens I, are a very smart team when it comes to that. Sure. Their organization yeah. is run yeah. a lot like the Steelers are. I'm just surprised that they haven't. Except the Ravens like to go out and make some splashes in free agency a little which, more often. Yannick Ngakwe yeah. is the perfect example. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm a lot happier with the Minka Fitzpatrick signing than the Ravens. I'm sure were with the Yannick and Oh yeah, I mean, Minka works for, out more, yeah. way more. I mean, Minka's going to be a Steeler for a long time, right? Let's hope so. Fingers crossed, I guess. But yeah, Kellen, like you were saying, it, it's this is a team that is so stretched thin at the wide receiver position, and I just don't understand why they haven't really gone out and made that move yet. I'm if they're not thinking maybe draft first round of the draft. Yeah, Maybe I mean that's their game plan all along. They pick late in this draft, though, mid twenties. So. But let's be honest here: there's always wide receivers that Great are there. I mean, there, there are wide receivers that turn out to be all pros in the third and fourth round. I mean, wide receiver, you can really um, hit a home run. I mean, almost in any round that you take one, um, it, it can it can happen. I mean, but I'm just shocked that they haven't brought in a guy that has NFL experience to play wide receiver. And that's not saying that. You know, maybe they still will. I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's one of those three guys that we talked about, Snead, Galladay, or, or Juju even. But um, we'll see. I just I just wonder, you know, which way they're going to go. And I'm just kind of surprised that they don't have a, another wide receiver to bolster that room quite yet. Yeah, or really any contingency plan with, with that entire position. I mean, there, there just doesn't seem to be the right solution. And 
as we were talking about earlier with Kenny Galladay or Juju or maybe even T.Y. Hilton or Will Fuller, like I don't I don't know if the Ravens are gonna pursue any of those names. And it just doesn't sound like they're really taking this this position group or, or lack thereof for that matter seriously. Moving down the division, the Cincinnati Bengals finished in the basement in 2020, but they are not acting like the basement no. dwellers in free agency. Uh, their big losses, they lost Carl Lawson, they lose William Jackson the third, but they spent no time, uh, they wasted no time going out and replacing both of those guys. They signed the Saints defensive end Trey Hendrickson, four years, $60 million to come in and replace Lawson. And they signed the Cowboys corner Chidobe Awuze for three years, $21.75 million to replace William Jackson. And, oh, by the way, another big signing was Steelers cornerback Mike Hilton mm. to a four-year, $24 million deal. So they obviously are building that defense back up. They are obviously investing money into a team, which is very rare for the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. One of the bigger criticisms of them is that they're kind of like the Pirates of the NFL. They don't spend the money that they should spend to have a winning product on the field. They're doing that this year. The big question mark that you have to wonder is, where's the protection for Joe Burrow? Yeah. That has still yet to be, be addressed in this offseason for the Bengals. And I get building that secondary back up. I get adding a defensive end, Trey Hedrickson, so you don't really feel the loss of Carl Lawson too right. badly. But it starts and stops with Joe Burrow and finding him protection. And it's just, they still have a ton of time in free agency. Maybe they're a team that goes out and signs a big Al. Maybe they Maybe. are, are going to look in the draft heavy for, for lineman help. But that's the position that they need the most help in, especially now after they signed some of those playmakers on defense. You get some protection for Burrow. He's got the playmaker in Mixon. Tyler Boyd is a very underrated wide receiver that I think is trending towards a number one in this league. So mm. I think if you can get him a nice guard and a tackle that really increases the play of that offensive line, then I think Cincinnati's cooking a little bit here. Yeah, and they have T. Higgins, too, who was really, really, really good, good last year. Receiver, yeah. um, you know, I, I agree with you. You wonder where that protection is going to come from. And I think for them, it is kind of writing is on the wall. They're going to try to do it through the draft. Um, well, they draft early. Yeah. Uh, Penny Sewell from Oregon is right. a slam dunk tackle. Mm -hmm. If he's there when they are picking, then they should take him and not yeah. even think twice about it, and he should start from day one. Yeah, I so think that's probably they, where they're going to go. I, I mean, think they're going to go tackle in the first round. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be him per se, right. but I do, know, I do know that they are probably, you know, that's probably their thinking is let's bolster, you know, uh, the defense. Let's get maybe a couple skill guys um, through free agency, and then let's, um, you know, kind of like the, the point I made on our last episode when talking about the Steelers' offensive line, let's get a young guy in, let's have him for four years, let's have mm -hmm. him learn, let's right. have him learn with Burrow behind him and learn to protect Joe Burrow. Um, because at the end of the day, I think that is the biggest um, point of emphasis when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals is protecting Joe Burrow. Um, and I think next in line would probably be, probably be to uh, to build up that de that defense. And they've already done that. Um, sure. Not to say that these moves are, are going to make them the best defense in the league or anything, but they are getting better in that department. So now it becomes you got to protect Joe Burrow. And I think their best chance to do it and their best chance to do it long term is to do it through the draft. And let's be honest, uh, we talked about Penny Sewell being there at the Bengals pick, and it should it should be a no-brainer, Tom. And I think it, along with his talent, it's the fact that we talk about the offensive line needs and the secondary needs. There's no guy in the secondary that's going to be there and, and one of those at, at the Bengals pick that's worth yeah. taking that early. Yeah, and 
as far as him falling to them, they pick fifth. I think uh, he, I think he could be there. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes you think the Jets might take a tackle, but I think that'd be dumb. Uh, the Dolphins at three are a team that I think could definitely take a tackle. But, yeah, uh, I think he's got a good chance of being there at five. Sewell. And if not, then you could always go with a Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. I mean, there's no shortage of tackles right. at the top of this uh, draft class. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And like I said, I don't know if it's going to be Sewell, but I do know that they're going to – I mean, they have to go offensive line first round and, and maybe in the second. You know, maybe they bolster it really, really well. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked by any stretch of the imagination because, let's be honest, they do need offensive line help, and protecting Joe Burrow is priority number one. Now getting to the Cleveland Browns, team that was the wild card in the AFC <laughs> North this year, the second wild card as the Ravens got one as well, went to Pittsburgh to face the division champion Steelers and just absolutely <laughs> crushed them in the wild card game uh, from the first snap of the game. It was yep. all Cleveland, Definitely. and the Browns moved on. They played a good game in Kansas City. Uh, taking that down to the wire, it took a Chad Henney bold pass on fourth and short <laughs> to solidify the win for the eventual AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs. But Browns definitely gave it their all in that game. It is a team on the rise. And as any team on the rise should do with a quarterback on a rookie contract, they're spending some money in yeah. free agency. The big signing was Rams safety John Johnson III, a three-year 33-point Seven five million dollars. He's one of the top young safeties on the market, and they get him at great value. Something that people around the leagues are kind of scratching their heads at for him taking a deal like that. Maybe he thinks Cleveland can win. Yeah. Maybe he just sees Cleveland as a spot that he can go to and he can win. Maybe even more so than re-signing with the Rams, who probably just didn't have enough money to bring him back anyway. No. They also signed on a one-year deal, kind of a prove it to me year again, uh, to Karis McKinley out of uh, Las Vegas, and they re-signed receiver. Rashad Higgins. Uh, McKinley's got a high upside to him, but he's really just a flyer, uh, just a fine signing. But that Josh Johnson signing is huge. Oh, now huge. you got him with Delpit <sighs> and Denzel Ward on the outside. That secondary has now launched itself yep. to maybe the best in the AFC North. Uh, yeah. Right there with the Steelers, though, in my mind. No, no question. No question. I mean, you think about the, the Browns' um, safeties and their, their corner situation last year. Well, more so their safety situation. I mean, they had Andrew Sandejo playing safety. Um, this is a huge, huge yeah, upgrade. It's not even close. The secondaries in the North. I mean, yeah, really the, good. The uh, Bengals tried to improve theirs. They're still yet to be seen, but the Steelers are great. The Browns are going to be great. And the Ravens with Humphrey and um, Peters. I mean, mm -hmm. what a one-two punch at corner. The yeah. secondaries are great in this division. Oh, they really are. Uh, no question. But, I mean, this is, is huge for – um, you know, for the, Browns, for the Browns, which I think a lot of us um, thought last year when you look at the uh, at the Browns, they're probably well minus Ward and, and their corner situation isn't bad. But you look at behind that, the safety situation last year. And I know that's because they lost Delpit um, for the year. But getting him and uh, Johnson, goodness, uh, it's a pretty darn good uh, defensive back group might be one of the best in the league, not just in the AFC North. When I saw the Johnson signing, I thought. The Browns are here to stay. Last year was no fluke. They are going to be back. They are going to possibly win the, the AFC North next year. They are year. my favorite to win the division. It's it's they scary. Are. I mean, the AFC North now, I mean, we were so used to, as Steelers fans, kind of dominating and, and yes, going back and forth a little bit with the Ravens. But and The Bengals would creep up every once in a while. But now, I mean, even with a young Joe Burrow, 
And depending on how they build around him, the, the Bengals could end up being better than the Steelers in, in, a, in a matter of years. But yeah, I do like the Johnson signing. I think it's their I think it's their best signing that they've made this offseason. And to Tom's point and, and to further Kellens, I mean, these secondaries are just scary. I mean, if if you're another team looking at the AFC North on your schedule, you're gonna be scared to pass the ball. In a passing league. Right. So these teams are <laughs> yeah, building right. uh, as you should be building in a league, uh, in an NFL league that is pass happy right now. And we were talking about this off the air, talking about, okay, w- which which moves have each team made? And we were going down the list, and Callan said it perfectly. I mean, these teams, these other three teams in the AFC North are coming to play this year. And it's scary for the Steelers, who really have been kind of idle, kind of passive, aggressive, or, or just passive, rather, and this free agency market this this offseason, and it just seems like the Ravens and, and, and the Bengals and the Browns are ready to win right now. Absolutely, it seems that way. The Bengals probably a little bit uh, behind schedule. Sure, but sure. they're making those moves. Other two teams, yeah, they're being aggressive at I least. think the Bengals want to be a playoff contender not this year but the next year. I, sure. I think they want to really contend for a wild card spot, maybe in a fringe uh, dark horse candidate for a division in uh, 2022. So they're making moves towards that. With the Browns, uh, one thing that's popular to debate is what they're going to do with Odell Beckham Jr., a guy who costs the most money as far as a cap hit is concerned for their roster in 2021, and also a guy that when he went down with injury, which is terrible, you hate to see all the injury problems that have plagued him since being outstanding in New York for his first couple seasons, uh, they played better without him. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I think the pressure kind of washed off his back not having that superstar at wide receiver he was able to run the offense that Stefanski wanted him to run without any pressure from uh, the huddle Uh, I think Jarvis Landry really really stepped up as he's not a number one but him and Baker have a ton of chemistry when Odell went down Jarvis Landry played really well guys like Higgins who they just re-signed was able to make contributions throughout the year and uh, the tight end play with Njoku was just outstanding so the Browns have enough weapons on offense, and that's not even mentioning their biggest weapon, Nick Chubb in the backfield, and, sure. and Kareem Hunt as that one-two punch. Yeah, They can walk away from Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I'd have to look up what his dead cap situation would be for the Browns, but I can't imagine it would be too detrimental to no. them, something that they could easily eat and go out, sign a lesser uh, wide receiver just to kind of fill out the roster there and move forward as Jarvis, I guess, being your number one. But uh, I think it makes total sense for Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, to be let go if I was the Cleveland Browns. His cap hits $15 million. Uh, He does have a dead cap hit this year at $12 million, So mm. you'd be costing yourself a lot. You'd only save about yeah. $3 million in cap space. But, hey, that's still a savings of $3 million in cap space. So. It's definitely something that's doable. Yeah, it's doable, um, and I do believe that um, you know he getting, signed till twenty twenty four. Yeah, I, I do think that getting rid of Odell Beckham with cap hits of fifteen million in all three of those years. Yeah, so uh, it doesn't I, go down. I just think Beckham, you know, leaving uh, would be the best thing for the Browns, and that's not to say that Odell Beckham isn't a good football Maybe player. It's the best thing for Beckham too. It might be um, because you know, not that him and Baker had a rift or anything, but it just seemed the like experiment didn't work out. Yeah, and it just seemed like th- that Baker. Um, was forcing the ball to Odell Beckham. And and that led, I think, to Baker's slow start uh, this year. Right. I mean, we saw his numbers pre-Odell injury post, post, and they were night and day. Yeah, Do you guys feel that if 
Odell came to Cleveland this offseason. Things might be, different, be different because the team Maybe. is established now. They're yeah. going on a sure. Super Bowl run like now. When you he say. came, when he got there, they were in the process of building, and it was like, kind of like he went from New York to a similar situation. Maybe a little bit further ahead than New York was, but he still had to be part of the growing pains in 2019, and, and then eventually he gets hurt in 2020 when right. they finally break through. But that too, I wonder if that frustrates him, where he's like, "Well, I just came from the Giants and I'm not winning there, and now I'm coming to Cleveland in my first year, we're not winning," and he didn't have the patience and. I wonder if maybe he stayed in New York for a couple more years and he comes to 2021. He's like, this team is a Super Bowl contender. But you talk about Antonio Brown, Divas, Juju, Diva. I mean, Odell Beckham, before either of these Steelers receivers did so, was the original wide receiver Diva of the 2010s of, of this past Remember decade. Remember the boat trip. The boat trip right before the playoff <laughs> The Giants game. were heading to Lambeau for the wild card yeah. round, and he's right in a boat trip down in Florida. Yep. This is Eli's last chance to win a Super Bowl, Odell. What's wrong I, think with they, you? I think they got crushed in that game. They I did. Think, I think it was it like was 26 funny. to 2 or something. I remember as, as an aside, it was funny. The Giants drove down the field in the first possession and went up 7 nothing, And I was like, unbelievable. Playoff Eli is going to do it He's again. And in then, Lambeau and again. And then Rodgers just yeah. destroyed it for the rest <laughs> of the game. But yeah, I, I wonder if maybe he comes to Cleveland now. It's a better situation. He has a better mindset. Whereas he just came in 2019 and all he was met with was more frustration because 2019's yeah. Browns team was supposed to be the division winner and oh my right. god they're gonna go 16 and, and 0 and there was so much hype happened. and they just did not they fell short and like so many NFL teams when the media says this is your year it's it really never the is. next year yeah. that's your year and that's exactly what happened with the Browns everybody said 2019 oh look out for the Browns well 2020 was the year you should have looked out for the Browns and yeah. I go ahead go no I was just gonna say like. Um, when you look at Tom makes a great point. Like if Tom or if uh, if Odell Beckham were to come in this year, I do think that things would be different because, like you said, they're established you, now. Yeah, they're you're established. Team, yeah. You're not going through the growing pains. You're not going through anything like that. You and, also come in with a, a, an established coach. You're not just coming into a, a sure, team with a coach who is, thing, who is I mean, one and done oh every my year. God, his coach uh, Freddie Kitchens in 2019 was probably terrible. Stefanski's <laughs> a good coach. Yeah, he is. Coach Freddie, coach. Freddie Kitchens was a drama queen himself. I mean, wearing that shirt to his press conference that the Pittsburgh started it or whatever. Yeah, I mean right. that that that's a wide receiver move to yeah. make. That's not a head coach. Stefanski's the guy they need right now. Yeah, he's perfect for him. Yeah, I just wonder if 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 this was different and that situation that you brought up, Tom, was real. Um, would the would it be a different situation for Odell, Odell Beckham? And I believe that it would. Um, I just think that he wouldn't necessarily have that um, as much of a diva mantra. I guess coming to an established team, sure. coming to a team that, as you said, Tom, is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I don't think it's crazy anymore to no, say not that. At all. Um, especially with the additions that the Browns have brought in. They're getting better uh, without question, and it doesn't look like they're going to slow down anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham. Um, but the, the problem is now I think Odell Beckham, it's in his best interest, and I think it's in the Browns' best interest for them to mutually part ways. He'll be turning 29 this year. Do you guys see a market for Odell? Oh, yeah, 1,000%. He'll get a market without question. He's still such a good wide receiver. And he doesn't have the baggage that an AB does. And no. I still think AB is going to And I still think AB is going to get signed. You don't think he has the baggage anymore? Not I mean, he's to the good. level of an AB. Well, off the field. There's no like lawsuits out against him or well, of course, of course not, of course not of to that, not to that level. But also, he's, he just sustained a season-ending injury. I don't know. Well, he does get injured a lot. Yeah, that's a problem for him. Is he's very injury-prone, and that's something that I think would probably drive his market down a little bit as far as cash is concerned. But I, I think a team's going to sign him without question. Yeah, I think I think he'll end up getting signed. I'm not if, even ruling out that the Browns just don't bring him back. 
Which I think that's realistic. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that they definitely, um, you know, have the have the possibility of doing because, as you said, the dead cap is still a lot of money. Um, you might as well, you know, might as well bite the bullet and then see if he plays well one more year, and then sure. you know maybe you could trade him or whatever it is. Um, but you don't want to get nothing for him because, as I said, he's still really good. Sure. Are for what for what it's worth, sorry, just real quick. Yeah. He did send out a tweet two days ago. Very simple, but very cryptic. All it says was second act. I don't know if that means a second act with the Browns, if he's looking for a a renaissance career somewhere else. But Well, if he's looking for a renaissance career somewhere else, he's terribly worded that because it would be his third act, not right. his second <laughs> act. But I, I think it probably means a little bit more towards this is my second chance in Cleveland. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he, the- he gave no context whatsoever. Finally, to wrap this episode up, are the Steelers kind of falling behind, though, when it comes to these three teams? And I'm not saying that they're going to finish in dead last this year when it comes to the division. I think they can definitely still beat the Bengals. But the other teams are making – and this is also indicative of the fact that the other teams have more cap space than the Steelers Absolutely, right. You know, the other teams are making some big splash signings, and it's not the Steelers' fault that they can't. Well, I mean, it kind of is because they mismanaged the cap, but (laughs) – it's not the Steelers' fault right now when they don't have the cap space. They only can have moves like a re-signing of a Cam Sutton yeah. or a re-signing of a Zach Banner. Uh, they had to release Vince Williams. So it's been a rough go of free agency for the Steelers. Uh, ever since Ben restructured his contract and things seemed great, it doesn't seem like things have gone the way that a lot of Steelers fans were hoping free agency would go. Uh, and for the other teams in the division, like I said, I don't think that this is just a slam dunk where the Steelers are going to be in last place now. Uh, I don't even think that it's out of the question that they couldn't catch the Ravens or the Browns and be in second place or maybe even have an outside shot at winning right. this division. But as the you can if you can kind of look past the trees and see the bigger picture, the other three teams are getting better for the future mm-hmm. and are establishing themselves as teams that are going right. to contend for three, four, five years. Whereas the Steelers, I mean, if last year wasn't the last year for them being <laughs> a contender, then this year absolutely is going to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's well said that the three teams in the division are without question improving. Um, and even the Bengals, who, as you said, Tom, when we talked about them, were the basement dwellers. They're not spending like they're the basement dwellers. They're not looking like they're the, the basement dwellers anymore. Um, and again, that's not to say that the Steelers will be the, you know, the last team in the division. Um, but I do think that it's a, a point well taken that, um, you know, the, the division looks like they're getting better. And um, it's not necessarily the Steelers' fault because they don't have the cap room that these teams do. But at the same time, um, they're getting a lot better, and I think the Steelers are just kind of staying the same. Stagnant. Um, It doesn't mean that they're not going to be competitive. It doesn't mean that they can't compete for um, a division title or or, 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 uh, an outside playoff team. That doesn't mean that. But it certainly, certainly looks like everybody else is getting better, and they're just staying the same. On the next episode of Steelers Standard, we keep the free agency talk rolling. There are still some Big names out there on the free agent market. So we'll take a look at some of the top players that are still available and where they might land or if they'll be retained by the teams that they played for last year. Uh, Yeah, we'll just keep digging into free agency. Tis the season for that. Uh, Thanks for listening to this episode of Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio or if you catch the podcast at Steelers.com. Make sure you download and subscribe to Steelers Standard on Apple or Spotify. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Offerman. We'll talk to you next time.